my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, Marketing School listeners, this is a 20 to 30 minute segment of a full interview I've done with an amazing founder, entrepreneur, creative, visionary. You're going to get a ton of insights from this. And if you want to listen to the entire thing, go search for Leveling Up with Eric Sue. That's the entire podcast that you're going to find. So you get 20 to 30 minutes here. And if you want the whole thing, you can just search for Leveling Up with Eric Sue. And without further ado, enjoy the episode. Ali, tell us how you went from $2 to $5 million. In 2017, I started my YouTube channel when I was in my final year of medical school. And in those 12 months, I made about $2, or like $1.76, according to AdSense. I was speaking to my CEO coach, and you know we were trying to identify areas of my life where I could level up, you know, leveling up. Mm-hmm. And a big one was marketing. And he was like, oh, have you read any books by Russell Brunson? And I was like, no, isn't he that scammy internet marketer guy? And my coach, Eric, was like, oh, you've got to read his books. And so I picked up Dotcom Secrets, and I was like, oh, my fucking God, this is bloody incredible. Why have I never read this before in my life? Why have I dismissed this guy's incredible wisdom just because I found something aesthetically distasteful 15 years ago? And so then I dove into his whole trilogy, Dotcom Secrets, Traffic Secrets, Expert Secrets. Um, and then I read $100 million offers by Alex Formosi. I read Copywriting Secrets by Jim Edwards. And suddenly my mind was blown open with this whole like internet marketing world. And I realized that I've been selling shit on the internet for 10 years, but I've never once read a book on how to sell stuff on the internet. And this was the Bible. And there's so many more things like it. And it's just really obvious stuff for people who understand marketing that, like, oh yeah, of course funnels are a thing. Yeah. But that was really the first time I, I'd heard the word funnel. And I, I thought, oh, this is, this is what we need to do to our business. And the really cool thing about people like Russell and the rest of the OG info marketers is that they built their fortunes of like tens of millions a year off the back of paid, uh, paid ads and paid traffic acquisition. Whereas as creators, we have incredible organic reach and huge warm audiences. And so if we can apply the same principles of info product marketing that these guys have been using for decades to make millions and apply them to our own products for our own audience for warm traffic, then hopefully we can make we can come close to making similar amounts of money. 
What's the business model look like right now? You've got courses, you've got a lot of different things going on. Yeah, so fundamentally, it's uh, we make lots of content and I, I think of it as the 99-1-1 rule. So 99% of our content is free. 1% of our stuff is paid for the 1% of the audience who can afford it. And so like more than 50% of the revenue comes from our online courses. 20% of it or so comes from ads, uh, AdSense, 20% from brand deals and the other 10% from affiliates and random bits and bobs here and there. So mostly online courses. We were running our course, the Part-Time YouTuber Academy. I'd been running this every few months for the last two, two or so years. And, you know, the revenues were declining and post-pandemic, people cared a lot less about live online education as, as they seemed to care during the pandemic. And so for the final cohort, I decided to just basically apply all of the principles from dot-com secrets and also from $100 million offers and also from copywriting secrets. So we redid the offer based on Alex Hormozzi's stuff. We redid the funnels based on Russell Brunson's stuff. And we redid the landing page based on Jim Edwards' thing. And cohort seven, I think, did 300K revenue. Cohort eight did 1.9 million. Wow. And so it was just poof, skyrocket. <laughs> well, that's almost seven times. Yeah, like literally yeah. just purely based. And, uh, you, know, you know, people sometimes uh, ask me, like, oh, you know, help me make my course landing page or whatever. And I'm just like, look, just read those three books in order and just literally follow step-by-step step the exact steps that Alex Hormozzi lays out in $100 million offers. Great. And then go to the chapter about landing pages that Jim Edwards has in the book. Because these people have figured this shit out and we don't need to invent the wheel from scratch. We can just follow the playbook of the people who've been doing this for a long time. What would you say if people were like, hey, I don't know what my style is. I don't know how to find like, you know, what I stand for, what would you say to these? I would say it depends on what stage of the process you're at. So the way I think about it and the way that we teach it in our course is there's three levels, level one, level two, level three. Level one is get going. Level two is get good. And level three is get smart. Now, level one, get going. That is your first like 10 videos. If someone has not made 10 videos and they're worrying about their niche, they are overthinking it. Worrying about your niche and worrying about how you stand out is a level three problem to have. A level one problem to have is I just need to start my first few videos. And I know so many people who get like paralyzed by just that initial upload. Oh my God, what, what are my friends and family going to think? They don't realize that no one gives a flying fuck. They're just like so caught up in their own heads. They're overthinking it. And I was like this back in the day. Um, it took me reading a book called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon to get over the fear of starting my blog. So level one, get going. That's the first handful of videos. Then level two is get good. And in level two, the objective is to actually get good at the craft of making videos. Now, some people are good at this immediately if they've got a film background or if they're particularly creative. But for a lot of people, you know, at the, at the average age of our students in our YouTuber Academy is 36. For a lot of 36-year-olds mm. who, haven't, who haven't been living on the internet their entire life, it's actually quite hard making good videos. And so again, you don't need to worry about your niche over there. You don't need to worry about how you're going to stand out. You just decide, I'm going to make a video about this sparkling passion fruit, naturally essenced water. And you try and talk about it in a way that makes sense. Then you think, you know what? I'm going to make a book review of this book that I just read. And you try and make a video about it. And after you've done this a few times, you get good at the craft of making videos. Now you are finally ready for level three. But before you get to level three, you have to decide, am I treating YouTube as a hobby or am I treating YouTube as a business? If you're treating it as a hobby, you can do whatever you want. You don't need to worry about your niche. You don't need to worry about your target audience, your competitor analysis, nothing like that. Who cares? It's a hobby. Great. You have fun. You do it for yourself. But if you're doing it as a business, the, the key difference between a hobby and a business is that a hobby is for you. A business is providing value to other people. So if you're going to treat it like a business, you then go on to level three, which is where you get smart about it. Like if you wanted to open an, an, an Italian restaurant down the road, you wouldn't just open an Italian restaurant because you like Italian food. You would see what's happening in the area. What's the footfall of traffic in the area? What other restaurants are there? What other Italian restaurants are there? What's the way that my Italian restaurant is going to stand out? Should I even be doing an Italian restaurant just because I like Italian food? You know, opening a restaurant is a very different skill set to enjoying cooking food. And so uh, taking that same approach to business as you would if you're starting a business to a YouTube channel. 
And that's why, you know, the advice I would give for someone who's at level three is really think about your YouTube channel like a business. What is the value that your YouTube channel provides? Who is the target customer? What are they like? What are their needs? What are their hopes, dreams, aspirations? All of the standard marketing stuff around, uh, you know, target audience analysis, and then do a competitor analysis. See who else is in the space. See how saturated the market is. F analyze all your competitors and see what are they doing well and what are, what are they doing badly, so that when you when you when you make videos in that niche, you can find a way to make yours stand out. They don't have to be better than other people's, but they do have to be different. We're talking about this at lunch too. It's like one YouTube. Really, any social channel gives you this amazing organic reach, but we're basically employees of these social platforms, right? And so once you stop playing the YouTube game, your organic reach starts to drop. So how do you plan on combating that? Mate, this is the thing that keeps me up at night um, because as much as it's you know bought my financial freedom and fun and flexibility and autonomy and all of the good stuff from being a YouTuber, I'm still fundamentally a slave to the algorithm. Because if I stop uploading, it's only a matter of time before everything dwindles down to zero. Partly what I'm trying to do is to build a business that A, is not reliant on views. Because it's quite, it's quite a stressful place to be. Like, you know, you and I know people, know other YouTubers who monetize exclusively through AdSense and brand deals. That's really stressful because now, you're, now your business revenue is directly tied to how many views you get. So how do we get to a place as a business where our business revenue is decorrelated somewhat from how many views we're getting each month. And that normally comes from having your own product to sell. If you have a product in a niche market, that's fairly high ticket. You don't need to be getting hundreds of thousands of views. You just need to be getting a few views from the right audience who will then buy your stuff. And I think a great example of this is August Bradley, who had a YouTube channel about Notion. It still does. And his channel only had like 15,000 subscribers when he released his online course. And I think in his first launch of his course, he made about $600,000 from an audience of only of only 15,000. And there are so many YouTubers I know with millions of, of subscribers who do not make 600,000 a year because they just don't have a product to sell. Um, so for, for us, it's like, A, how do we decorrelate our business revenue from the number of views that we get? And B, more broadly, how do, uh, how do we decorrelate the value that we're giving to our audience from me personally sitting in front of a camera and filming? So one thing that we're trying to do is we've just launched a daily productivity email newsletter modeled after Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic, where I've started off by giving, you know, the broad brushstrokes of what I want this newsletter to look like, but we've hired a writer to write it. And it's got like 10,000 subscribers on it now. And that, that thing is growing. And that means every day the writer can write productivity advice that I can, I, can I can contribute to, but it's not directly tied to me. And so what we're trying to do is how do we build assets and how do we build kind of delivery vehicles for our courses and products that do not require me to sit in front of a camera. <laughs> Got it. And that's that's a real challenge. So how how are you guys solving that challenge right now? So number one, we're thinking what are the organic sources of content that we can create that don't rely on, on me, like daily productivity, the email newsletter. We're thinking of maybe doing something around YouTube as well, because our course is a YouTuber academy. And so if we had an organic email list, kind of like Colin and Samir's, uh, where we just gave really good, useful YouTube tips, could that be a funnel to the courses? And then on the product delivery end, we have a customer. We have a customer service head, uh, Allison, our head of customer success, and she's got a team of freelancers and contractors working underneath her. And so, what we're trying to do is figure out when we're creating the offers for our courses, how do we deliver value to our audience or to our customers in a way that does not require me? So, instead of me hopping on a call with them every every time, can we get members of the team to have regular office hours? Can we hire people to give them feedback on their videos? We're we're toying with the idea of doing some sort of productivity coaching thing. Obviously, we need to. That needs to not be me who's delivering the product. 
So can I create the curriculum? Can we train coaches on the curriculum? And then can the coaches deliver the product? Mm. That's the sort of thing that we're trying to do now. It's kind of like what Think Media does with their YouTube channel. You know how like it used to be tied to the founder, Sean Cannell, yeah. right? And now it's like a bunch of people on the squad. Yeah. So we actually, we, we got a lot of inspiration from Think Media back in the day. And uh, we tried to copy them, basically. So we tried to launch a YouTube channel called the Part-Time Creator Academy. And we had like this whole vision for it. And we did a massive amount of competitive analysis. We looked at Think Media, video creators, channel makers, uh, Film Booth, all of these other channels that were teaching people how to be creators. And we thought, great, let's just do Think Media. Let's just yeah. get a cast of characters. Every, you know, every week, one person can film a video. If we have five people, that's five videos a week. This is great. We'll sell our courses. And then we realized, oh, my God, it's really, really, really hard growing, growing another YouTube channel. And we, st we made a few videos. It just didn't feel right. And we shut down the whole project. So I'm filled with admiration for what Think Media have managed to do because Sean has really done the thing well where he has been able to distance himself from the content. And over time, his gang are featuring more and more in the videos and he's having to show up a lot less. When you think about your audience sizes, right? So you got close to 5 million on YouTube. Like how, like your newsletter and everything, like how big are these other channels? Yeah, so newsletter is about 400,000. Instagram is... 500,000, Twitter is 400,000, 300,000, so, uh, those sorts of ballparks. I think LinkedIn, we've just crossed 100,000. Podcast is 300,000, oh, wow. that sort of thing. What are you doing on LinkedIn right now? Uh, basically, we have writers who convert my YouTube videos into Twitter, uh, Twitter threads, and then we copy and paste them onto LinkedIn. Literally just like the threads? Yeah, so? yeah pretty much. And it works? Uh, yeah, it seems to. What? Okay. <laughs> oh, and also, like, if I post something on Instagram that's related to the business, like, hey, you know, we just launched a blah, 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 we'll copy and paste it onto LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a copy-paste venue for us, and it seems to be working. I'm surprised that's working. Wow, yeah. interesting. I thought they got more sophisticated, but apparently not. <laughs> um, how, how about your, your email list? Like, 400,000 is a lot. Like, are you, are you buying ads to grow it? Like, how are you growing the email list? Uh, we don't really do anything. Uh, we have a few lead magnets. We've done a few giveaways in the past. Mostly, we just try... We, 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 we try and plug the email list somehow in every video. So in the middle of the video... Um, in our sort of video production checklist, we have a checklist that says, have we plugged the email list? So either we'll do that through a lead magnet. So let's say it's a, a video about how I manage my time. I'll be thinking when I'm making the video, what is the freebie I can give away with this? And so one of our most successful lead magnets was just a Google Sheet template that I made, that Bob actually made, which was very kind of her. Um, I, I sort of use, use a Google Sheet as my annual calendar. And I just said to Bob, hey, can you turn this into a pretty version that we can just you know, let people download? And so we just had this as a Google Sheet link. And I think we've added 50,000 plus subscribers to our email list from wow. one video because people Huge. were like entering the email address to get the link to the Google Sheet. And then we give them the opt-in, would you like to sign up to the newsletter? And so the little things like that, and occasionally we'll sometimes just say in the middle of a video, hey, hey, by the way, if you're enjoying this video so far, then I'd love for you to check out my weekly email newsletter, Sunday Snippets. It's just a very short email that I send every Sunday, and it's got a few thoughts and you know some things I've enjoyed reading or listening to, basically copying what Tim Ferriss says for Five Bullet Friday. Head over to aliabdal.com forward slash Sunday, and you can sign up completely for free, unsubscribe whenever you want. So I'll just say that in the middle of a video. And then we'll just get like, I don't know, 1,000 to 5,000 subscribers every week coming that, in. That's crazy. It, uh, everyone has their own angle. I, you know, I have a friend. I mean, he's got like a million subs on his email and it's all driven through SEO. And yours is all like, what, that's organic, right? And yours is all organic YouTube, basically. Yeah, we're working on SEO, but we are slowly, slowly getting there. I wouldn't even consider SEO right now. You're good on all the other stuff. <laughs> um, so is the email the main driver for your revenue right now? Are you pushing them to like, buy or is it like pushing them to a webinar like how does that sequence work yeah so the email is the bridge between our content and our products what we've realized is that 
or rather, what I've realized is I don't really like selling on my YouTube videos. I don't really like saying, hey, I've got a course, buy my course, blah, 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 because that just feels a bit, a bit weird. But I have no qualms with saying, hey, join my email list or get my free seven-day email educational course or whatever. And now they're in our list and they've opted in. And now I have no qualms with us sending them emails. And so like the vast majority of revenue from our courses has come as a result of sending emails to the list. You're doing launches? Like how are you doing yeah, that? Yeah, so, so back when our YouTuber Academy was a live cohort, we did eight live cohorts. Uh-huh. Uh, we would have, we would do launches through the email list. Yeah. Now we've switched to an evergreen model because I hate live, co- uh, live cohort courses. So we've just gone self-paced with that. But we still have an email list for that. And Jakob, our marketing guy, is doing kind of daily emails that are providing loads of value with an offer at the end. And when Black Friday is going to roll around, I'm sure we'll do something there. Um, we're going to launch a new productivity course. So we're going to sort of get loads of people onto the waiting list and then give them an early bird discount and just, you know, do sensible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Priestley's book, Oversubscribed, was also a big Bible in terms of how to do launch-based info product marketing. Got it. And you said you hate live cohorts. Why? So a standard online course, uh, I think a MOOC is what they're called, M-O-O-C, I don't even know what it stands for, is like you sign up to the course and then you've got this video library and you can just watch it at your own pace. A live cohort course is you sign up to a course, it's running from the 3rd of January to the 24th of February. And in those six weeks, you're going to be joining 300 other students. And it's going to be live sessions with interactive workshops and homework and this and that. It's a whole like production. And so we started our YouTuber Academy as a live cohort thing. Initially, it was just going to be like a $200 pre-recorded course. But I spoke to um, two chaps, Tiago Forte and David Perel, who had a lot of success making millions with their own live cohorts. And they said, hey, what would it look like if you charged $2,000 for this course rather than 200? And my mind just blew because I could not imagine charging $2,000 for anything, let alone for an online course that I was doing. But I was, I was like, okay, cool, let's give it a go. This you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone. And so we launched that initial life cohort in 2020. And I expected like 12 people to sign up as a beta tester for the cohort. In reality, 356 people signed up. And overnight, we made like $400,000. And I was just like, oh, my fucking God, this is more money. This is like 10 years worth of a salary as a doctor working in the UK. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 and I had just taken a break from medicine. 40 grand a year. Yeah, it's like 40. I was making wow. 40K a year for my first two years of working as a doctor. So I made 10 years worth of that salary in like a week because of this life cohort thing. And it was kind of weird because my YouTube channel is about productivity and personal development. It's not about how to grow on YouTube. I'm not trying to be Think Media. Mm-hmm. And yet the product that worked for us was a product about how to grow on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. And we just kept on running that like eight times. But by around cohort three, I started to feel the pain of having to show up and say the same stuff again and again. Also, you have to show up every week, right? Yeah, because so it was like a six-week course. And every week I was doing like three sessions a week. It was like oh, hours and hours and hours. Wow. And I was just like, you're spieling all about YouTube all the time. But the other thing I didn't like about it was I don't like launch marketing because it, it's, a lot, it's a lot that's riding on this one week. And it felt quite stressful because it was like half of our business revenue was coming from these live launches. And we had three weeks of the year to sell, sell tickets for these live events. And, you know, it was fine initially when there was so much pent up demand. But then we st- it felt like we had to work harder and harder to c- convince people to sign up to the course. And that just felt kind of not nice. It's, it's not nice to feel like you're the seller in a, in, a, in a transaction. And so we decided two years in that, you know what, this is, this is good money but it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth the stress, not worth the headache. It's not worth the headspace that it, it takes to run live cohorts. Let's just turn it into an evergreen course. So now I, we've done that. I hate launches. And so the internet marketing world is used to doing launches, right? Yeah. And it's like, you do the launch and then everyone's like super stressed. Like you feel relieved, but then then you have to get ready for the next launch and then the next. And it's, just, it's like you're on this never ending hamster wheel. Exactly, and then people just burn out, right? Yep. But the thing with the live cohort too, it's like, 
sure, your completion rates might be 98%, but like your burnout rate, your stress rate's a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well just go like, sure, Evergreen, like when we used to sell courses, um, th this is, we were sitting in this one boardroom and one of the guys stood up and he's like, gentlemen, we sell courses because courses are perceived progress. People like perceived progress. And everyone was clapping. I was like, okay, that's an interesting way to look at it. I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I think it's when I worked in online education, it was 98% of people finish alive, but 98% of people do not finish evergreen. How are, how are you seeing it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, even with our live, you know, we, we would charge somewhere between 1500 and 5000, depending on which product they were getting 60%. So only 60% of people would submit the first week homework assignment. Oh, wow. And by week six, we were down to 15% completion rate. And this was a course people have paid thousands of dollars for. It's a live course. There is accountability. We hop on a call with anyone at, a, at the drop of a hat. We have a no questions asked money back guarantee. And yet half of the people don't even submit the first homework assignment. What? Yeah. <laughs> at one point, I sort of realized, you know what? I'd, I'm not going to stress out about, about the fact that some people are not going to take the course. It's totally fine. I've bought loads of courses that I've never taken. I've never even opened them. I've never even logged in. It's fine. Maybe I'll get to it at some point. I was speaking to another a friend who does marketing and he said, you know, Probably half the people that buy Peloton don't even unbox the bike. <laughs> hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.